0: If you have spent any time at all in your life, in church, in anything associated to church such as Sunday school classes, children's church classes, family Bibles, there's a picture that all of us have seen multiple times in our life and it is the picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking. The artist used Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, for that depiction. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm going to give you the King James. If any man heareth my voice and opens the door, I will come in and commune with him and he with me. That word commune is an extremely intimate word. We use that word in various different ways in the English. We can talk about a commune of certain people together. We know it also is a derivative of the word communication. Everything is about communication. Whether you're talking about personal relationships, spouses, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friends together. Whether you talk about business, making sure your business is flowing correctly, there has to be proper communications. If We're talking about military operations, there must be excellent communications. If you're talking about anything, there has to be communication. Today, again, not by design of us getting together and mapping out the service, but you already see where this service has gone, and I felt directed the same way once again talk about the highest level of communication and that is prayer prayer is much more than just this thought and many of us would say i've i've been there so many times okay i'll pray about it and we never pray about it can i have any takers on that you ever been guilty sure every one of us And yet there is this this reality somewhere in our mind, in our heart, but prayer really is real. Something about it is special. But it's that thing that calls on us, and yet many of us find ourselves so reluctant to go there because we don't feel qualified to talk to God. I mean, most of us would be, absolutely nervous if we were called upon to have a personal meeting with the governor of the state or a senator president of the united states whatever we we would feel the pressure i'm going to talk to somebody extremely powerful and yet prayer gives us the opportunity to talk to god himself i'm not going to ask you to stand as i read but i want you to turn with me to acts chapter 12 because if I asked you to re- stand for the reading of the word, you'd be up the whole service. Because today I feel directed to go a little different. I want you to see the unfolding of something about prayer. Acts chapter 12, the first five verses says, About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, with the sword. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. we got to soak in in this a minute, get this picture of what's going on. And we can parallel it to Arte as well. I mean, we are greatly concerned about our country. We're very concerned about the globe. The things we're hearing out of Afghanistan shake us to the core. The things that we're witnessing in this country with pandemics, with fires on the West Coast and hurricanes up the East Coast, earthquakes in Haiti, on and on and on. Is there something going on? And what does it cause us to do? Do we find ourselves cocooning? Do we find ourselves just trying to run? Do we find ourselves yelling, screaming? nipping at others? What are we doing? We've gotta ask yourself, are we praying? Are we praying? In this picture we see a time of great turbulence, and we see, you, gotta, you gotta get this picture if you don't know much Bible at this point. When you mention James and Peter in the same conversation, you know two of the three that was closest to Jesus in ministry are affected in the story. James has just been killed, beheaded. And this politician of a leader saw that I must have done something right. I've actually got the Jews siding with me. So let me go after I know where Peter is. We'll get him as well. And he's incarcerated. When you see this, what you're hearing is circumstances. Life always has circumstances. Can I hear an amen? I don't care what day of the week is or circumstances. There are some that we know before the day starts, this is gonna be a tough day. I'm anticipating struggle. There are circumstances that's lined up. I know so and so is not happy with me. I know that the budget is is pretty lean right now or whatever the case is, there's always circumstances. Sometimes those circumstances blindside us. We didn't see this coming at all. Sometimes it seems like, am I ever going to get off this squirrel cage? I'm just spinning, 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 and I'm sick of circumstances circumstances I just want to go find a bottle somewhere and to drink it all and just lose my mind circumstances in this situation it's it's pretty dire I mean there's been a murder going on and it's pleased the people and now can you imagine the church what have we heard through social media what James is dead and they've got Peter too what are we gonna do some of them already wrote Peter off But some of them started praying. In this particular story, we also find out immediately now, Herod says, I've got one, it's pleased them, you know what was in his mind, we're also going to kill Peter. But the calendar got him and they got into Days of Unleavened Bread. And he's trying to court the Jews so I can't do a thing for a few days, so I'm just going to incarcerate him. And when you read a little closer, And I'm not just going to put a detailed guard on him, four squads. Because we know that there are four watches through the night, three-hour intervals. I'm going to have a fresh team every watch. And not only am I going to incarcerate him in the standard way of chaining him to one of the guards, I'm going to get two chains out. And I'm going to chain him on both sides. Circumstances are pretty dire. Not only am I going to put two on him, I'm going to put the other two at the front door. They're a fresh team, every watch. I want nothing going wrong. James was great, but I've got the big fisherman. I've got Peter. But the church was praying. We're always dealing with circumstances. We're always challenged. We find ourselves overwhelmed. And what we gotta hear from his word again and when the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with us is this thing called prayer for ourselves. Is it that thing that I know about or is it something that I've always entertained but I don't know how to get started? Or there's, I always had those others that I had such confidence that they were walking saints and we could call on them, either personally on the phone or meet them at church or just know somehow they're the ones that come up and say I've been praying for you this week and they had no knowledge through your communication but some other communication had told them I need to pray for so and so today. We've all been there. And yet there's something calling on each one of us from the youngest, the one streaming right now to the oldest, there is something as we become believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there's something that happens to us. There's an endowment of the Holy Spirit that comes into our life at salvation. And already there is that within us that's reaching heavenward to communicate for us. Come on somebody. Paul writes on later, he talks about the fullness of the Spirit and talks about there's times I don't have any words in my natural tongue, but there's those utterings that come from the Spirit in me communicating to the Spirit above me. It's this thing called prayer. There's some listening right now that says, I'm glad you're dealing with this, Pastor, because I I just don't feel qualified. I just don't feel like I'm old enough. I just don't feel like I've got years behind me. I'm not a veteran yet, and and, and so I'll wait till my time comes, and then I'll become a prayer warrior. But you see, the only way you learn how to pray is to pray. Whether it may be something as simple as, you know, tell the rest of the family, I'm just gonna go back to my bedroom, I don't want anybody bothering me. I'm, I'm gonna learn how to pray. Sometimes it's being with somebody else that's already engaged in prayer and you just listen. How many of have ever learned how to pray by listening to somebody else? A woman in Monroe, Georgia several years ago I was in my early 20s but uh, Sarah Allen was one of our Sunday school teachers she was Aaron's first teacher in Sunday school as a a little tyke and she was one of our teachers and I said tell me your story she said oh I can tell you the story she said I live next door to the stoves in the mill village and she said "Uh, I've always been a big gossip I love gossip and she said, these this wonderful people, but I woke up one day early, couldn't get back to sleep, and I heard them arguing next door. The windows were open in the summer. We didn't have air conditioning. She thought, oh my, they actually fight with each other. I can't wait to listen in. She says, I went up to the window and listened a little more intently. I realized they weren't fighting, they were praying at 4.30 in the morning before they went to the mill to work. She said, I bowed my knee right there and said, okay, I want what they've got and gave her heart to God. This thing called prayer just keeps calling us and, and again, it is, that, it is that gift that God gives us. It's the most honest time of our lives when we're in prayer. There's never a time that we're more open and honest and naked before anybody than in prayer. It is that privilege of coming and just saying, God, this is how I feel today. I am sick and tired of so and so. And I just want to tell somebody, so I'm going to tell you, God. God, I am sick and tired of me. God, I am ticked off at you. God, I'm scared. God, I'm troubled. God, I got a medical report. I, I, I just thought if that ever come my way, I'd be able to handle it. I'm falling apart. I don't know what to do. God, I'm, I'm in jeopardy. I may lose my job. I've always just said, oh, I'll go find a job. But I've been doing this so long, I don't know what else I can do. I'm anxious. You see, it's the most honest time of our life. And we have the privilege every day to get that honest. To come before God and just say, here I am. Search me, oh God. I, I need, I've got to confess these things. I've got to release these things. To the youngest of us, uh, you say, well, I, I just, I don't think I'm old enough. I don't have enough life to experience just saying, God, I want to know you, speak to me. God, was that you the other day when so-and-so came up and complimented Was Did you initiate that, God? God, I've heard others talk about ordering steps. Did you put me in that place the other day, God? It's just this privilege of learning to pray and the privilege of how honest. Several years ago, pastoring in Scottsdale, Arizona, I started just giving the congregation opportunity to learn to grow. Again, that church, 85% grew by conversion. I didn't have second, third, fourth generation Christians. And a couple that had moved there from Cincinnati, she was a believer, he wasn't. When I started this, said, I said, we're just gonna to go to scripture. Can you pray with me one hour? What Jesus asked his disciples in the garden, I said, I know it's elementary, but find a place in your homes and put a clock on it and spend one hour. You may feel like you've prayed for everything you know in the first 30 seconds, but just hang in there for the next 59 and a half minutes. The wife, her name was Vera, she looked at her husband, she said, are you gonna do what pastor asked? He said, yeah. She said, well then I'll give you the bedroom, I'll stay down here. She said, we got praying. She thought to herself, I couldn't hardly pray because I'm thinking, well, Ed's going to be down here in two minutes because he don't have anything to pray about. He don't know what the way he's doing. She said, I got praying. I realized, what time is it? It's five minutes. He's still up there. Ten minutes. I can't believe. She said, I found myself just watching the clock. He stayed up there the whole hour. After an hour, he came downstairs. She said, did you pray the whole time? I think I did. She said, did you, did you talk to God? Yeah, I, I believe I did. She said, did he say anything to you? He said, yeah. She, really, Ed, what did he say? He said, who are you? <laughs> Ed was wonderful. He had just given his heart to the Lord. He was a... A very good businessman, and as much as he was being comical in the morning to a wife that just wanted to dote on him and just protect him, he was also being honest. He realized that had to be a new flare sent up from the earth because i 'd never tried to pray. The clerk of the church, a businesswoman, owned two fast sign franchises strong really she'd been on the Corps of Engineers developing all that green belt through Scottsdale I never forget I forgot about giving the opportunity and she came up to me after about five weeks and she said I prayed 59 minutes the other day and when I looked I thought oh I missed it by a minute I called her by name and I said you can put the clock away now because sometimes you'll pray for a minute sometimes you'll be there for hours you have begun your relationship. Look at Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse six now. Now when Herod was about to bring him out (laughs) on that very night, now you gotta remember, let's back up to verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. So again, verse six. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to an iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them of its own accord. Folks, this is in the eternal word of God that is truth. And it opened for them of its own accord and they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to himself he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Again, what we have evidence of It's a corporate prayer meeting. It wasn't magic. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't a dream. It was the reality of a praying church communicating to heaven and heaven being activated to move in the behest and the behalf of what they're calling for, asking for. Each move was reinforced by prayer of the angel appearing, of speaking to Peter, of nudging him. He must have really been asleep. Get up and move quickly. Put the rest of your clothes on. Get your sandals on. You're getting ready to get out of here. Have you ever been there when you know that you know in the moment God is moving on your behalf, but you just haven't caught up to the reality of it? God, I've prayed for this, but I just didn't know really when it might happen, how it would happen, but it's happening. But as much as he's calling on us for prayer, it is also don't miss the impact of corporate prayer. I'm challenging us today. In this time of a pandemic of increased numbers, What will tomorrow hold? The thing that we know that we have above everything else is the power of prayer. If we have to pray through virtual means, then so be it, but we can still pray. Can I hear an amen? When you hear testimonies of just a simple measure of names on a screen and people corporately praying over these needs and God moving, what else will God desire to do in our midst? It comes to the power of prayer, but the corporate prayer. Again, remember, the unlimited power of prayer. You ever felt overwhelmed when two or three people were upset with you? You ever felt outnumbered in life? Can you imagine getting on a sporting field and the other team has 1,000 players? and you're by yourself, you might feel a little inadequate. And yet, scriptures bears out that one can chase a thousand demons. Greater is he. That's where? In me. They just had no idea who they were picking on. All they could see was the shell of a person, but they forgot to look a little deeper because God himself is dwelling in the tabernacle of flesh called so-and-so. And when hell says, well, we won't stop, you see, we gotta understand hell. There's nothing nice about hell. When I hear these crazy statements, man, we parted like hell, you have no idea how stupid that statement is. There's no party going on in hell. Many times w- when the enemy comes against us in warfare, something about us says, well, he's been on me so long, surely he'll give me a break. He doesn't give breaks. But if we submit ourselves, therefore unto God and resist him, he has to flee. Only through the power of prayer. Again, the corporate meeting, hell says, I'm not going to stop, all right, I'm going to stand 5,000 your way. But you see, they forgot that when just a second believer gets with that first believer, they'll chase 10,000. What we got to hear again is what the church is all about, We're a lot of things, We do a lot of things. There's activity, there's joy, there's fun, there's fellowship. And I'm not gonna demean any of those things. They're all a part of the balance of what he gives us. But one thing above everything else that the church of Jesus Christ represents and does that no other industry can do is pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, others can pray to Jesus and ask for salvation, but it's the authority of the church The blood-bought church, that's why we're so vital to every community that we're in, the power of prayer. Not just praying for ourselves, but as Jackie led us today, praying for the lost, praying for the backslider, praying for the coworker. God, just open up their eyes, will you? Scripture after scripture, James 5 and 16, if you know any Bible at all, you've memorized this one. It's the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous one. It accomplishes much, but all through Paul's writings, 1 Thessalonians 5 17, pray without ceasing. Romans 12 and 12, be constant in prayer. Ephesians 6 and 18, praying at all times in the spirit. Colossians 4 and 2, continue steadfastly in prayer and be watchful. It's the corporateness. You see, we need each other. But let's finish up this incredible story. Verse 12, and when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose also name was Mark. That's where we get the gospel of Mark where many were gathered together and were praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice in her joy. She did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter is standing at the gate. Now, the next thing you hear may throw you. But I'm gonna show you something I'm sure many really didn't realize was happening to them. Because they said to her, you're out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, He described to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, tell these things to James. Now, James being the brother of Jesus, the pastor of the Jerusalem church. And to the brothers. And then he departed and went to another place. Now, when that day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. And they were. And then he went down from Judea to Caesarea and spent time there. Again, the power of prayer and corporate prayer. And now Peter knows what's happened to him, but here he is, standing at the door. John Mark's mother was... a. A fluent woman, a powerful woman in the church had a nice place, large enough to have the corporate prayer meeting and already had such a large place. It wasn't just a house with a couple of rooms, had the courtyard. That's why you see and Rhoda walks all the way out to the gate and she hears Peter's voice. She is so excited. She forgets to open the door for him and runs back. He's here. What we might miss, many would interpret, well, they were praying and they were not praying in faith. They lacked the faith it took. No, this is the secret. Remember, we've just talked about all that happened as a result of the prayer. The secret here is the statement you've lost your mind. It wasn't Peter, it was his angel because you see, back then their tradition was they believed that every one of us had a personal angel assigned to us. And that angel looked like the individual they were sponsoring. They believed that there was a being there. They believed that prayer was being answered but they had no idea what was coming of the angel. Is he there to tell us he's going over to deliver him now? This is why. There was confusion for a moment. Finally, as they go back and forth, Peter comes in. It's really him. And I love that this translation got it right. You'll notice it didn't say, and they were shocked. It says they were amazed. And there's a world of difference. Have you ever prayed and believed for something, and really believed, and really asked, but when it comes, did it not amaze you? Have you not prayed for healing, and just wonder when it's gonna happen? We've prayed for others, and we've heard of healings, but Lord, it's never been me that was sick, and I didn't know the emotions that went along with sickness, and I'm asking for others to pray, and when that report comes back, it's negative now. Does it not amaze you? Amazing grace, oh yes. Amazing God, yes. We're amazed, we prayed, we believed, but it's standing right in front of us. You see, First John Chapter five, and by the time John's writing this, he's the only disciple of the original band left, and he's dealing with the second and third generation, and now it's kind of watered it down, and he's representing, no, 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 you keep on believing because we know this. We have a confidence in prayer that whatever we ask in his name, if we pray according to his will, he hears us. Have you ever prayed and wondered if God heard you or not? Sure. Have you ever made this statement? I don't think my prayers got above the ceiling. We've all been there. But John's reminding us I have a confidence. We have a confidence that when we pray according to his word and his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we have a confidence to know we have what we've asked of him. It's answered prayer. You know what answered prayer does for us? It gives us a confidence that God will do it again. If you've ever been healed, you have much more confidence to pray for somebody else who's sick, don't you? If you've ever been delivered out of some situation that you, it's just a hot mess of a situation and you got yourself in there, but God spared you beyond your weakness, The next time somebody says, would you pray with me and believe that God will help me get out of this mess I got myself in, we have a confidence. But every time God moves, aren't we amazed? I don't ever want to lose, Sister Langdon, that all that we get of God. Oh my God, you answer prayer. The famous preacher of Philadelphia yesteryear, Dr. Donald Barnhouse, shocked his Philadelphia congregation one day when he got up and said, my title today is, God does nothing through prayer. He changes nothing. His point was, is how sovereign God is, and always trying to get us alignment. But the one thing that he forgot that day, there is something that changes in prayer. It's us. Another great theologian of yesteryear, E. Stanley Jones, put it the best, and you can see this visual. He says, if prayer is a hook from a boat and I take it with its rope and sling it to the shore, and it gets a hold of the shore, and I began to pull, he said, am I pulling the shore to me or am I being pulled to the shore? Would you stand with me today?